As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. We hope you didn't fill up on Turkey Day because in MyBookie, the fun is just getting started. This Cyber Monday, MyBookie is giving you a bet one, get one free promotion on the Monday night football games. On Cyber Monday, bet against the spread on the Week 12 Monday night football game, and whatever you wager up to $100, you'll receive that same value back in a risk-free bet for Week 13's Monday night game. MyBookie is the only sports book where you buy one, get one, means you're the one holding the bag. Don't miss out. Head over to MyBookie.ag this Monday to get in on the exclusive promotion. To set the stage before you redeem that bet one, get one free promotion, why not wager on the biggest matchup for Week 12, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers in a clash of NFC juggernauts. Don't look for either side to hold back. Bet the over and thank me later. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. <laughs> What's up, guys? Got so busy enjoying Black Friday and the relaxation and uh, the food hangovers and, and what have you that I uh, forgot to record the Deep Dive Review Show uh, yesterday, which of course I did not realize until I got a notification of that someone had liked the previous episode, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot to record the one that comes after it." So here we are, Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines have finally beaten Ohio State, so uh, that streak is over so i'm gonna end my little drought of uh forgetting to do the show and get this one uh underway uh, i'm kind of in a mood right now uh ironically it has nothing to do with the bears and how they almost lost to the lions on on thursday and almost embarrassed and ruined the holiday but the fact that i've uh, been waiting on a package for the last what now it's uh, eight days and i have no idea where it is when it's going to get here or anything like that. And every time I reach out to one of the shippers, because it's uh, one of those where it's like the like DHL is going to get it to the post office and the post office is going to de- uh, deliver it to me. And when I reach out to either of the shippers, they're both got their hands up in the air as far as no new information or, or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, extremely frustrated because... Um, I had it directed out here, and I know you guys don't give a shit about this, but I'm, I'm in, like I said, I'm in a mood, so I'm getting this out because I'm pissed off <laughs> that I even had the the shipping destination changed so that it would arrive while I was here in Indiana at my father's house for the holiday, and I'm supposed to go home tomorrow on Sunday, and it's still not here. So, <laughs> and currently, I'm not planning on coming back until the week of Christmas which is like the 
20th or something like that of December. So, I mean, it's surely likely to arrive. And knowing my luck, I'm going to leave on Sunday. It'll be here on Monday uh, kind of thing. And, you know, like I, I would stay because I can work. For, I work from home so I could stay here and, and wait for the package to come. Only I don't know when it's coming. I have no idea because the post office says they don't have possession of it, so they can't give me a tracking date. So I don't know if I have to stay on Monday, then I go back on Tuesday or anything like that. So, like I said, you guys don't care about this. I'm just venting and, um, you know, because I'm frustrated uh, with it. It was supposed to arrive on the 19th, and I didn't get notification that it shipped until the 19th. It didn't ship or go anywhere for four days, and then it went from its shipping uh, destination in uh, or shipping start in Texas to where it is currently in Kentucky and it's been sitting in Kentucky for the last two days and not moving and, and all that kind of stuff and nobody can give me any new information on where it is or if I can go pick it up or what which I would totally be prepared to do at this point having waited eight days uh, for it already so I mean it's, it's already eight days late I was supposed to get it last Friday on the 19th but uh <sighs> Anyway, now that I'm in this mood and I am wound up, let's go ahead and talk about this awful, awful game that took place on Thursday uh, where the Bears <laughs> had embarrassed themselves all week by, uh, you know, ruining their own plans to right the ship and get rid of Matt Nagy. But because that leaked out, now all of a sudden they have to turn face or turn about and um, or and about face. See how wound up I am? I have to do an about face and say that it's not true and hang on to this you know, canker sore of a head coach for the rest of the season, which I'm hoping is the next two weeks when we get utterly embarrassed by Arizona and Green Bay. Be like, yeah, you know what? We can we can dominate or not even dominate. We can we can eke by victories against the worst football teams in the NFL. But when we read headlong into teams that are actually going to have something to do in January, we look like utter, utter failures. So you know, I'm not rooting for us to lose either game against Arizona or Green Bay, but the reality is those teams are so much better than us that they're likely to wipe the floor with us. And so maybe George McCaskey and company will change their minds after they have to do that, especially after a national TV stomping in Lambeau field. So we'll see. But um, anyway, let's go ahead and, and talk about this so we can wrap it up and, and move on to the next one. This is the Week 12 Deep Dive Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. So thankfully, the NFL saw, saw, uh, you know, saw clear to uh, have the Bears and the Lions be the first game uh, of Thursday. So they were able to get that out of the way, probably because most people like to eat Thanksgiving dinner around noon, one o'clock. So let's go ahead and give them a football game that nobody will mind walking away from to go sit at the dinner table and, uh, you know, have dinner and, and, uh, and what have you. <laughs> Me and, and, and my Bear fan family decided to postpone dinner until the game was over. And despite having won the football game, uh, it didn't feel like a win. And it also felt like, yeah, we probably could have just eaten through that and we wouldn't have missed anything because uh, the Bears and the Lions were terrible teams coming into the game and they were still bad ones coming out of it. And boy, did they put that on display right there at the end of the football game. Good God, poor Dan Campbell. And like I, like I talked about in the Bear Up, Bear Down show, I've never seen somebody call that many timeouts in that short a period of time. Uh, and if not from Matt Nagy, 
he would have burned his third timeout even sooner because he he got the two in a row, one of which the second one he got called for a delay of game penalty, cost them five yards, which made it easier for the Bears to convert. It went from third and nine to third and four. And then uh, tried to call a third timeout because their defense was confused and he was looking at the defense giving up a touchdown and all that kind of stuff. He tried to call another timeout, only something was going on on our side that Matt Nagy beat him to the punch. So he actually tried to burn that timeout even sooner and ended up calling another one, I think, a play later uh, again uh, as well. It's like I've never seen anything like that before, ever. You know, and I don't think it's a Dan Campbell thing. I just think it's a Lions thing, period. Like the whole team from top to bottom just, um, you know, is coaching, playing like an 0-10-1 football team uh, right now. And, and thankfully, the Bears were the beneficiary uh, of that. And uh, we were able to walk away with our first win in seven weeks. So, um, yeah, it uh, was uh, October 10th, I think, the win over the Raiders in Las Vegas. So we haven't won at home since the Lions, week four. Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> you know, I, well, I don't see us beating Arizona next Sunday. Uh, so then we have Green Bay. Then we have Minnesota at home for Monday night. Maybe that will be. And if that's what holds true, and that's when we get our first win at home, uh, it will be our first win at home since like September 28th or something like that. So, good God. Or maybe we have to wait another two weeks when we have the Giants come into town on January 2nd. Then it would be nearly, that would be over three months since our last win uh, at home. What a mess. What a mess. So, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's how the game ended. Um, the, the, the start of the football game wasn't good. You know, we, we, we knew it wasn't going to be, especially on our side uh, of things, because Matt Nagy's inability to get a team ready. Uh, to play a football game has been prevalent since, well, since the beginning, essentially. Because, I mean, uh, e even though we win 12-4 and four, uh, in his first season uh, as head coach, we lost games coming out of both of our buys, the regular buy and the mini buy uh, and, and what have you. So we saw inklings of that, and then it's just from 2019 and beyond, we just always seem to be late out of the gate to uh, – you know, we, we, we barely we very rarely ever jump out in front early and get a good lead going that our defense can, you know, kind of sit in cruise control and pin their ears back and go get the quarterback and, uh, you know, take chances on, on, on a ball and, you know, try to uh, step in front of one or, or whatever instead of having to be absolutely perfect on defense because we're either tied or trying to catch up so we can't afford to make any mistakes to make the deficit worse or anything like that. And, um, you know, the Lions are the Lions, and uh, they were going to come out and do Lions things like score on their first drive to take a 7 nothing lead uh, in the first quarter, you know. So it's like we come out, we, you know, we have, you know, Coach Nagy's boys out there. You know, Andy Dalton's our starting quarterback going into this thing. You'd think, uh, you know, old Matt be walking around with a huge dad boner because the Red Rockets out there uh, playing quarterback for us, and we come out as flat as we possibly can be and are losing at the end of one. <laughs> New jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Lions, and it definitely looks like a football team, a game between two teams in Week 12 that are combined for three victories. That's what this game looks like. Um the, the Lions, the only one, put points on the board because uh, one of the worst passing offenses in the NFL, 
through for a 39-yard touchdown on the Bears, uh, I think in their first or second. It doesn't matter. 7 nothing right now. It just, I mean, never mind that, that, that Justin Fields is out there. I, I don't feel like it would look much different if he was, uh, to be honest with you. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to run the football. Sometimes we have success. Sometimes uh, we don't. We're throwing the football. Guys are dropping passes. We seem to be moving the football now here at the end of the first quarter, but it's just, you know, it's it's just one futility drive after another kind of thing. So we'll see if we can put this thing in the end zone and, and tie this tie it up or something. I don't know. Let's just let's just play football, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, too quick of a turnaround after the patheticness of the Baltimore Raven game uh, on Sunday, the, the whole Nagy's going to be fired nonsense throughout the entire week. And, and, you know, now here we are playing the Lions and looking awful at the same time. It's just too much mediocrity in a short period of time. I was just, I was over it at that point, man. It's just like, yeah, whatever. They scored. It doesn't matter when. They just did. You know, they're up 7 nothing. Uh, we, we look like we might be moving the ball. Whatever. You know, it's just, I just, you know, it just is it, so tired of, of, of this football team and and how they how they manage to to play or you know they come out of the gates weak over and over again and uh you know try and defend Nagy as you know he's our coach and well like dude come on i understand you got to you know show support for the guy i get it but um yeah he's not going to be around he's just he's just gonna, just worry about you don't worry about him and giving him a thumbs up or a vote of confidence or, or whatever. He's not going to be able to save your job. You know who's going to be able to save your job? You. You, you're going to save your job. So you go out there. When you're between the stripes, you do what you got to do. When you're outside the stripes, don't worry about Matt Nagy. Don't worry about it. His fate is already sealed. Okay? Anything short of him going 6-0 and to run out the string for the rest of the year, he is not coming back in 2022. He's not. He's done. He is done which is why I just don't see the point, you know, to hell with giving this uh, vote of confidence or whatever on Wednesday before they got on the plane to, to go to Detroit. If I'm George McCaskey, this thing's already been fumbled. I'm not saying a thing like the hell with it. We, we had our chance to say something. We missed it. We missed our window. Let's not say anything. You know, he's out there until he's not. And that's it. And after we fumble our way through and almost lose to the lions, like we did on Thursday, you can fire him. You know why? Because you didn't say you weren't going to, you know. But now that you said you're not going to, you can't turn right around the next day and fire him. That doesn't look good to other guys that might want to coach the Chicago Bears next year. So, <sighs> painted ourselves into this corner. Now, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can uh, reverse field when uh, we lose these next two games in, in, in what I expect to be embarrassing bad, embarrassingly bad ways. But um, we'll see. So, because we played, the defense has played well the last two weeks. We've also played two very uh, lackluster, mediocre, slash awful offenses as well. So, uh, you know, all due respect to Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, who have been outstanding all year long. Uh, the fact that we were able to hold the Lions and the Ravens, the shorthanded Lamar Jackson, no Hollywood Brown uh, Ravens to 16 points and 14 points 
respectively, doesn't doesn't say much for our defense. It really doesn't. So uh, when we play offenses like Arizona and Green Bay, who are averaging in the mid to upper 20s a game when our offense still can't put more than 16 points on the board, it's going to be for a long, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day for both of those. And it'll be a long night on Sunday when we're doing our national TV with the whole world watching. So not looking forward to either of those games uh, very much at all. So, um, but maybe once th- those things happen, the silver lining to those, uh, to those black eyes will be Nagy being shown the door so we can move forward uh, and truly move forward. And, and honestly, I think that first game against Minnesota under Chris Tabor or Mike Pettin or whoever our interim coach would be, you'd see an effort like you haven't seen at all because this cloud is no longer hanging over our heads. And these guys have jobs to play for in 2022, whether it be here in Chicago or somewhere else. And, um, you know, I really do think it would be for the betterment of the team to let Nagy go now. Just let him go. Just let him go. But anyway... As of the second quarter of this football game, he was still in it. And uh, we had a little bit of a spark uh, offensively. We were able, I think we scored on all but one drive in the second quarter. Uh, that the, the one that we didn't score was an interception. But I also kind of had a little bit of a worrisome feeling going into halftime because we weren't closing. We weren't closing. We're settling for field goals. We scored one touchdown. But we had three trips in the red zone. We came away with zero touchdowns in those red zone trips, and our one touchdown drive was two plays, 69 yards, I think. It was like a 40-yard pass to Mooney and then a 20-plus yard pass uh, to uh, Jimmy Graham. So, you know, the one time we weren't in the red zone, we put it in the end zone, (laughs) and the three times that we were in the red zone, we settled for two field goals and a pick. It just, it was basically feeling like the 49er game all over again that us and our inability to put the ball in the end zone was going to cost us dearly later on in the game. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears Lions, and the offense woke up a little bit here in the second quarter. Three scoring drives by our beloved Chicago Bears to put 13 points on the board. The big problem there being that, uh, Two of those three drives were red zone trips, and we settled for field goals in both of them, including the one that just ended the half here from uh, Cairo Santos. The one touchdown drive was a uh, was like one of those. It was a two play, sixty nine yard drive that lasted like fifty seconds. And uh, first was a big play to Darnell Mooney. The second one was about a twenty yarder to Jimmy Graham for the touchdown that actually put the Bears up ten seven. And um, we squandered a uh, red zone. Actually, I think we, yeah, we squandered a red zone opportunity earlier. With uh, We got a sack. Uh, Robert Quinn is 11 sack on the season. Travis Gibson uh, peanut punches the ball out of his hands, and the Bears recover. Had to get a review and a reversal from the replay booth on that one. But the Bears uh, ended up walking away with nothing. Dalton throws an interception in the end zone to uh you know to, so we walk away empty-handed uh, on that one so this game should probably be like 20 to 7 uh at this point if we had getting gotten that one to uh to go like it should have but uh i don't know i think the bears have got this one figured out famous last words but um we're up 13 to 7 the lions start with the football and uh we'll see if we can go i think the bears like the defensively i think we got the lions pegged and the offense is going to be the offense. It's really just going to be on the defense to uh, stay out in front of Detroit.
in order to maintain this lead and come away with the win. And what I meant by saying that I think the defense has got this pegged is that coming into the football game, especially, you know, like think back to when we talked to Jeremy Reisman on Tuesday, that, um, you know, what were the Lions good at this year? In, in total opposition of what they were all, all those years with Matt Stafford, they were horrible against the – they were horrible at passing, but they ran the football very, very well. Well, DeAndre Swift and, and the other kid that they have were, you know, running the football, but they weren't – they weren't, you know, they weren't converting on third and ten like they were against other teams. Uh, they weren't, you know, busting those long runs against the Bears, which means that, you know, the defense – was forcing the Lions to throw the football, which is not their strength. But, of course, that also led to the Lions throwing a 39-yard touchdown pass on us in the first quarter and would come back to hurt us again in the third quarter when the Lions took the lead. We'll talk about that here uh, in, in just a moment. But it's just like it looked like after getting that first touchdown that the Bears had settled down defensively that the Lions weren't able to move the football through the run game like they had in the past, or, you know, that being their kind of bread and butter thing. We were putting the ball in Jared Goff's hands, which is kind of what we wanted because that increased the opportunities that we would be able to get some kind of turnover, which we did. We got one. We got a, a strip sack fumble uh, from, you know, uh, from the, the combination of Robert Quinn and Travis Gibson. Gibson, like I said, peanut punched the ball out of Goff's hands. The Bears recover it, but we did nothing with it. Nothing. That was the drive that resulted in the interception. So we come away empty-handed when we start with the ball in the red zone. So like, it was moments like that that had me worried. We were looking at another 49er game where if we're settling for this, we're coming away empty-handed. It's just leaving the door wide open for the Lions to be able to erase all of the crappy play in the game thus far, and all of a sudden, boom, they're either winning this thing or they're tied uh, or what have you because we left the door open this whole time. And sure enough, in the third quarter, that's what happened. Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears and Lions, and uh, much like the 49er game, our inability to close in the red zone is what's gotten us into trouble. Settling for field goals, or in the, in the case in the second quarter, Dalton throwing that interception in the end zone, coming away empty-handed or settling for field goals has allowed the Lions, who, have, who conducted their second scoring drive, to take the lead in this game. So what should be, I don't know, 20, 27 to 14 is, is a 14-13 deficit right now that the Bears have in the, uh, in the fourth quarter. So where it seemed like we were kind of pulling away from the Lions there at that, going into the half, again, settling for field goals and turning over the football in the red zone has gotten us into trouble once again. So our own ineptitude in the red zone and our ineptitude on offense is what's gotten us into trouble. It's like statistically, Dalton's doing pretty well. Um, I think he's around 60% completions, over 250 yards passing. Mooney's got 125 yards receiving uh, so far. So statistically, it's not a nightmare. It's just that, you know, it's one of those games where we're winning everywhere except where it counts, which is on the scoreboard. The good news is we do have the football. We are moving the ball. We're in Lions territory. We'll see what happens, you know, because honestly, if we lose this game, Give the Lions their first victory of the year. I don't care what George McCaskey told the team on the plane 
What's the reason for hanging on to Nagy if we end up losing this football game? Explain it to me. Yeah, honestly, I would have had to go with an owner's prerogative uh, on this one. Be like, you know what? I, I told you guys that on Wednesday that his job wasn't in danger, but that was before we went on national TV and got embarrassed by the worst football team the NFL has to offer this year. Um, you know, and I mean, and the funny thing is, despite everything the Lions did wrong, especially there at the end, burning all the timeouts and looking like complete morons at the same time, Cairo's shanked that field goal or, you know, gets it blocked or there's a bad snap and we got to run the fire drill play or whatever. God forbid anything goes wrong, we lose that football game. Even with all of the help the Lions tried to give us, we were one mistake away from losing that game to the Lions. When, like I said, going into the half, we should have been up 20 to 20 to 20 to what was it? 13 to 7 at halftime, so 20 to 7, 24 to 7, something like that. We should have been well into the 20s at that point, but it just like once we get into the red zone, all of a sudden, you know, the 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 playbook is written in Russian, we can't read it and we can't you know, per, you know, perform and get ourselves uh, into the uh, into the end zone. It's just like one one mistake after uh, another. Uh, you know, calling the the absolute worst play that every defense in the NFL knows is coming in this particular situation, uh, and, and what have you. You know, we were that close to losing the football game, and we only had ourselves to blame. We really only had ourselves to blame. The Lions were going to lie in their way through the game no matter what, and we still almost lost. Pathetic. So I would have had to go with, you know, an owner's prerogative. Yeah, I know I said I wasn't going to do it. But then you guys went on national TV and (laughs) made fools out of yourselves and us all at the same time. So, yeah, I'm done with this guy. We're done. We're moving on. Period. That's it. That's it. He's done. So, anyway. Whatever we were doing with the ball at the end of the third quarter didn't turn into anything. However, when we got the football back, I didn't realize how long it actually was until I was until I finally looked it up. But the last drive of the football game was uh, like eight and a half minutes. So we took the football and held on to it for the last eight and a half minutes of the game before kicking the uh, the game winning uh, field goal. But like I said. I didn't. I don't mention the timeouts during the knee-jerk reaction here in the fourth quarter. I was kind of uh, not really even so much breathing a sigh of relief. I guess I was just, um, I don't know, pleased that we weren't talking about losing to the Lions because then the bigger frustration would have been not hearing Nagy being fired on Friday after losing to the Lions. You know, to on being continue, you know, having our second straight six game losing streak and uh, and what have you. You know, there's no there's no yellow brick road this time. There's no oh, we have the Texans and the Vikings and the Jaguars right after this. So these three bounce back games will get us back in playoff contention. No, we have the number one seed in the Arizona Cardinals, and then we go to Lambeau on Sunday Night Football to play the Packers. We're screwed right now. We're starting a new losing streak come Sunday. So, yeah, I, I really just I don't see the point in hanging on to this guy. Even after winning, you know, it's just with everything that the Lions did and how they did it wrong and, and whatnot, we scored three points in the second half, and it came literally at the last second to win the football game. So it's not like we went ahead, took that first drive, got a field goal, and then held on to the lead 
uh, and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. We were we were losing. We were losing right up until literally the final second of the game when we kicked the field goal to to win it and escape Detroit with a victory. You know, Matt Nagy seven and one against the Detroit Lions. Big deal. You know, you'd like you know who else is seven and one against the Lions? Everybody else right now. So, you know, the Lions don't have an edge over anybody uh, at this point. But, uh, you know, we, 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 weren't, we ran the little football a little bit more in the third quarter than we did uh, in the first half. Because in the first half, we ran the ball seven times. Seven times in the entire first half. And that was the other thing that was frustrating. It was like watching the offense under Mitch. As far as like, we're going to throw the ball 50 times. We may get into double digits with our carries despite having uh, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. And despite all of our success running the football up to this day, we're going to all of a sudden become a team that passes 80% of the time uh, again. That's what we're going to do. So um, we did run it a little bit more in the second half because I think Montgomery finished with 17 carries uh, overall. But it, it wasn't it wasn't the focal point of the offense that it should have been. You know, David Montgomery is back and he's healthy. Just like Detroit runs their offense through DeAndre Swift, who we were lucky enough to knock out of the game in the third quarter with a shoulder sprain, our offense should run through David Montgomery. We should be running the football through him. We should be th- he should be the first option out of the backfield as far as the passing game. Or you know, every dump off should be going to David Montgomery. Every single one. You get him out into the open field. The first guy's not going to tackle him. He's going to get a first down, or he's going to get close. One of the two. You know, it, everything should be going through Montgomery. Even when Allen Robinson's healthy this year, David Montgomery's been our best player on offense. So and and when it wasn't David Montgomery, it was Khalil Herbert. So it's like one of these two guys should always be getting the football, and instead we're trying to put the ball in the hands of Demir Bird and Marquise Goodwin. We're throwing the ball to Jimmy Graham uh, downfield uh, and all that kind of stuff. It's like this is not our offense. This is not this is not how we. Well, this is how we got here, but you know this is not what's been working for us. We run the football. You know we've been a running team this year finally and you know we just completely abandoned it against the one team it could work against and you know we we struggle all day long surprise surprise so like i said we go into the fourth quarter we're down 14 to 13 because we kept settling for field goals or turning the football over in the red zone instead of scoring the points that would have put this thing away early and despite all of that and despite detroit's you know, uh, attempt at, uh, you know, giving the football game away. We still needed all 60 minutes to be able to win this thing with a Cairo Santos field goal as time expired. (laughs) New jerk reaction. Bears-Lions fourth quarter. Bears uh, somehow employ the play not to lose strategy and end up winning. They uh, had a, what, 16, 17-play drive to eat up what was left of the fourth quarter clock. Cairo Santos kicks a 28-yard field goal to win the game as time expires. And we come away with a win. We snap our five-game losing streak, which is just going to start over next week against Arizona. But 16 points is all we needed to beat the Lions. 
16 to 14. And nothing about this feels good. It's not like, oh, hey, we won. Yay, you know, we, we snapped the losing streak. There was nothing impressive about this win. We even, you never know that Dalton threw for 300 yards today, by the way, our offense played uh, or anything like that. So like, it's, it just feels like one of those, yeah, but victories. Yeah, we won, but it was the lions. And, you know, we ran the ball like six times the whole game and, uh, and what have you. So the, the streak is snapped. We got a win. Nagy's job appears to be safe for the time being. And we get to roll through the rest of the season and uh, get annihilated by Arizona and Green Bay the next two weeks. <laughs> this episode of the Bear Stock Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. We hope you didn't fill up on Turkey Day because in MyBookie, the fun is just getting started. This Cyber Monday, MyBookie is giving you a bet one, get one free promotion on the Monday night football games. On Cyber Monday, bet against the spread on the Week 12 Monday night football game, and whatever you wager up to $100, you'll receive that same value back in a risk-free bet for Week 13's Monday night game. MyBookie is the only sports book where you buy one, get one, means you're the one holding the bag. Don't miss out. Head over to MyBookie.ag this Monday to get in on the exclusive promotion. To set the stage before you redeem that bet one, get one free promotion, why not wager on the biggest matchup for Week 12, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers in a clash of NFC juggernauts. Don't look for either side to hold back. Bet the over and thank me later. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. <laughs> Funny thing is, I kind of read the tea leaves on this season pretty accurately. Just uh, aside from us uh, beating the Raiders, which I did not really expect, we did lose every game after that. I thought that between the Lions, but you know, the schedule that was sandwiched between our two Lions games could all have been losses, every last one. You know, but we figured out how to beat the Lions, or excuse me, about, about beat the Raiders in Vegas. And after that, we did lose the rest of those games before finally winning a football game uh, against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. But here we are back at it again. We have literally the two best teams in the NFC coming up, um, you know, over the next couple of weeks. 
And I guess this is where we're really going to find out what the team is made of. You know, can they can they answer the challenges and at least make these games competitive? If for nobody's sake, then the coaches. You know, you want Nagy to be your coach for the rest of the year. You need to show up for these games and make them games. Don't let the uh, the Cardinals come into town and Kyler Murray, who hasn't played in a month, uh, you know, playing you know fresh off the uh, fresh off the injury list to to come out there and throw for three eighty and run for two touchdowns and you know and break the scoreboard on us. And then the same thing with uh, Rodgers. How about we don't let Aaron Rodgers throw for six touchdown passes in the first half on us uh, or anything? But uh, you know, let's let let's 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 not have either of those things happen. Let's go out and make Arizona and Green Bay earn these victories. Don't let them just uh, you know stomp us into the ground and walk away with these uh, with these wins. You know, we're insignificant to them, and they'll treat us accordingly if we let them. So. But like I said, the, the one thing I didn't talk about in the knee-jerk reaction was just the overwhelming ineptitude uh, at the end with uh, you know the, the back-to-back timeouts that gave the Bears better field, uh, better field position uh, from third and nine to third and four, which we easily converted. And then, uh, you know, I, I love how Nagy waited till literally the last second to call that timeout. You know, I was like, I swear to God, I was going to watch the clock strike zero before he... Uh, called the timeout and the game would have been there wouldn't have just been the perfect ending to it all for the football team to hang on you know for the offense to be able to run like a 17 play drive 18 play drive whatever it was to hang on and burn up the last eight and a half minutes of the fourth quarter clock to put ourselves in position to kick a chip shot field goal and instead of kicking it on like third down in case something went wrong uh, or anything like that, we kneel on the ball and we wait until literally the last second on the clock to call a timeout. So there's one second on the clock and it's fourth down. So we're screwed either way. Nagy wants to, you know, walk the, the high wire without a, without a net. And, uh, you know, if anything goes wrong, bad snap or, you know, anything like that, bad snap, it kicks it off, you know, gets it, uh, whatever, you know, whatever emergency can take place, uh, you know, we can't just, you know, sit on the ball or lay on it or whatever and, and just call a timeout and try again uh, or what have you. No, it's fourth down. We're either getting it right here or we're not getting it right at all. So let's just go ahead and do that. And then thankfully the the Lions uh, going to Lion and uh, we almost got in their way, but we had managed to avoid getting in their way so that we could kick the game winner and uh, get out of Detroit with the, uh, with the victory. But it, it's just like I said, you would never know. With the way that our offense played, you'd never know Andy Dalton for two for 317 yards. Um, walking away, you'd never know that we won the game, honestly. You know, what did we have to feel good about? That, that we're better than the Lions today? No. And it's barely true. Barely true. So, and again... I'm back to being this guy. We won. Why am I so upset? Because we didn't look like a football team that would that deserved to win the game. That's why. You know, am I happy we won? Uh, yeah, I'm glad that we're, we you know that we didn't lose our sixth game in a row. I'm glad we didn't ruin the Thanksgiving holiday having to try to choke down the food you know over the taste of losing with the aftertaste of losing to the Lions. 
uh, you know, on national television uh, and everything. You know, I didn't want the Bears to lose. It's just we didn't play like winners. We didn't play like winners. It was a yeah, but victory, just like I said in the knee-jerk reaction. You guys heard me say that over and over again in 2019. We went 8-8, eight and eight, and of our eight wins, I think maybe two of them were like legit, solid, those were solid team wins. The rest of them, there was some kind of thing that hung over it that kind of put a bad taste in your mouth. I was like, yeah, we'll take the win, absolutely. But there was that bogus um, roughing the passer call that gave the Bears an extra first down in the Broncos game. There was, uh, you know, there were other things that happened in this game and that one and so on and so forth that, uh, you know, kind of puts a, uh, you know, a weird taste in it and so on. It just, that's the whole season. Or like, well, I won the last game of the season against the Vikings. The Vikings put their, you know, JV squad out there, and we still needed a last-second field goal from um, Eddie Pinero to win that game just to be able to finish 500. It's like, yeah, we won our eighth game. We're a 500-football team, but, uh, you know, uh, the Vikings had their C team out there, and we still barely beat them. You know, with the best that our roster had to offer, and granted we were ravaged by injuries in 2019, but we still put our best guys out there, and we barely beat their second and third strings. Like, it was like a preseason game. Those guys put up enough fight, they almost won the damn game, and, and we needed all 60 minutes and a last-second field goal from our kicker to be able to win that just to finish 500. Yeah, but. So, it's just, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of being the guy that complains his way through a victory. I'd rather critique. You know, I was like, yeah, you know what? We did a fantastic job here. We did really great here. We did there. You know, it's like, I just wish that we could have done this. Or, you know, so I, I, wish, I wish I could go back to doing that because that's what we did back in 20, uh, 2018. Like, yeah, you know what? We, we did this. I just wish we kind of run the ball a little bit more, you know, something like that. Get Jordan Howard a little bit more involved in the offense and, you know, whatever. I'd rather critique the game than sit here and lambast it because – we played it just it was like watching the 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 Steelers and the uh, Lions game where it didn't really seem obvious that either one of these teams really wants to win the game because they can't stop tripping over their own feet to screw it up so anyway let's go ahead and wrap this up um you know the bears improved to 4 and 7 but we got these games against Arizona and Green Bay coming up so I'm not looking forward to that but uh you know after today uh, you know, because we, we've we've condensed the entire process into like five, four days, uh, we're going to be on a little bit of a mini buy ourselves. We'll be back on Thursday to preview Bears Cardinals. I believe Jess Root from the uh, Rise Up and See Red podcast will be back to help us preview Bears Cardinals uh, for week number 13. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, – We'll figure out a way to trudge along, man. Um, despite all of my bitching and belly aching, I still love this team. I'm still going to do this podcast. I'm still going to root for them to win. It's just that the ugly reality is we're not that team right now. So I'm still blue and orange until I die and uh, and everything. But uh, it's, you, 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 you know, you, you got to call it when you see it. So. Anyway, that's going to do it, guys. Come back on Thursday. We'll preview week 13 and uh, get you ready for Bears Cardinals. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Hey, man, hey, happy
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.